What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in today's video, I'm gonna be jumping into my week two running back start sits. So if you guys are new to the channel or new to this style of video, I'm gonna be going through all 16 week two matchups every single game. There are gonna be timestamps uh, down below. So if you guys wanna jump around to your specific matchups, that's totally fine. But like I said, go through all 16 games, talk about every single fantasy relevant running back, and then either list them as a start or a sit. So pretty self-explanatory, but you know, would I trust them in my lineup or would I rather have them on my bench? Also keep in mind, this video is more gauged to like 10, 12 team leagues, you know, more uniform settings. So obviously if you're in like a 20 team league, the quality of the player you'd be starting is gonna be different. So, you know, I think this video will still be helpful, but then later on in the week, I'll be putting out my running back rankings and that'll give you a better idea on where I kind of have players placed. Um, and then also like roster construction. If you're in a league where you're playing like three, four flexes, same thing, you know, the quality of starter is gonna vary just a little bit. But I think that's all before we get into the video. If you guys do have any questions, this could be start sit for week two, uh, waiver wire, trade advice, whatever it is, just drop those down below and then I'll get back to every single person who comments. But enough of the intro, let's jump right into the first matchup. And we have a really, really fun Thursday night football matchup here. The Chargers traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. For the Chargers, pretty clear. Don't really need to spend a lot of time on this. Austin Eckler is a clear start. And then, you know, you're not really interested in anyone else in that backfield. You're going to have a few guys filtering in, getting a few carries here and there. But Eckler is the guy, you know, in terms of fantasy here. For the Chiefs, I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire was really impressive week one. He was someone I did really like as like a player going a little bit after the running back dead zone. I think you can continue to fire him up as a start. He just has a very solid kind of defined role in this offense now. He's going to be more of like the early down guy. He's going to get some receiving work, and it looks like he's also going to be in there on the red zone. So I think CEH is a strong start in your lineup. And then I'm going to be sitting Isaiah Pacheco. I know a lot of people are big fans of him. Maybe you pick him up off the waiver wire or you're planning to, I guess, if this is coming out on uh, Tuesday morning. He uh, got a few opportunities once they were way up. Pacheco, I don't think, is someone who's going to be relevant when CEH is healthy, unless CEH like, blows the starting job. But you know, he was just getting opportunities because CEH was out of the game because they had blown him out. When it was a close game, they had the full offense out there. CEH was the clear number one. And then you had McKinnon uh, filtering in on passing down work. So CEH is the start and then sitting Pacheco here. Now moving over to the Sunday slate of games, we're going to start it off with the Dolphins taking on the Ravens. For the Dolphins, I bet a lot of people threw Chase Edmonds in their lineup last week. He obviously did not perform well for fantasy. The, you know, the overall production was not there but the opportunities and the volume he received was. So he didn't you know, produce in terms of the yardage, he didn't get into the end zone, all of that, but it's encouraging moving forward because we knew he was gonna be the top receiving back on this team, and that came true you know, on their Sunday game. But what we weren't really quite sure of was what his workload on the ground was gonna look like. He clearly you know, led this team in rushing attempts. I think that's gonna be great for Chase Edmonds moving forward. The offense looked at least a little bit explosive, you know, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle in here. So they're definitely going to be better weeks ahead for Chase Edmonds. And then since he does have that solid role where he most dirt is just nowhere near startable. For the Ravens, this running back room is just kind of constantly changing due to the injuries, you know, who they're bringing in, whatever. Right now here sitting on, you know, Monday night I'm recording this. I have Dobbins and Kenyon Drake both listed as sits. 
I wouldn't be shocked if J.K. Dobbins plays in this game, but I feel like him playing in this game just almost muddies the running back room even more. So Kenyon Drake was the guy who saw the most amount of work on Sunday. He came in just very recently. So he was, you know, filtering in as the number one. I feel like when Dobbins returns, he's not going to be coming back to that full workload. So then I feel like when, if Dobbins is back, we're just going to be getting into this like gross one-two punch again. So this is probably a situation we need to evaluate throughout the week. So right now I'm just going to call both of them sits. Maybe if Dobbins is out, then Kenyon Drake becomes interesting, but probably just something we're going to have to check back on later on in the week. Next matchup is going to see the Jets taking on the Browns. And this Jets backfield straight up, it's just going to be gross early on in the season. I kind of thought we could sneak Brees Holland as a start. I did list him as a start last week. It looks like he's going to need some time to kind of pull away from Michael Carter in this backfield. Honestly, both guys weren't terrible if you were in like a PPR league. Uh, Brees Hall was targeted 10 times. Michael Carter targeted nine. That's not something we can count on on a consistent basis here. If the split is going to be that heavy, this offense is not going to be great. You know, the touchdown opportunities are not going to be there. So this has just got to be a spot here where I'm sitting both of these players until, you know, there's some sort of shakeup here because we can't be starting a running back in like a 50-50 committee or a 55-45 committee for the Jets. It just cannot be happening, especially early on in the season when, you know, there's no bye weeks, limited injuries, all of that stuff. On the other side with the Browns, Jets, you know, don't love those top two options. Browns, I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both locked in starts. Nick Chubb's obviously going to see the majority of the work. Kareem Hunt's going to have a solid role, some touchdown upside there. Um, So I like both of those guys in my lineups. Then moving over to the Washington Commanders taking on the Lions. For Washington, even though I did have Antonio Gibson listed as a sell high, he's still someone that I think you can start. I think his receiving work was very, very encouraging. He's not going to be the third down back there or getting work on the two-minute drills, but just the fact that they're letting him run some routes. I mean, the dude was basically a wide receiver in college, so it's crazy that it's taken this long, but I think he's definitely startable this week. And then I'm going to be sitting, you know, the third down back, receiving back J.D. McKissick, just not providing a ton of week-to-week fantasy value. On the other side with the Lions, DeAndre Swift is an animal. He's clearly a start. And then sitting Jamal Williams, his backup, despite a two-touchdown game, it's just not something we can count on, you know, week after week. Then we have the Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Colts, you're starting Jonathan Taylor. I think an argument could be made that Naheem Hines is startable in PPR formats. If you're in like your normal two running back, two wide receiver, one flex, I just don't think Naheem Hines is good enough to get into one of those flex spots. But if you have a ton of flexes, I don't think he's the worst option. It, I just don't like starting these, you know, receiving backs who where there's like a clear top dog in front of them. Because, you know, he could go eight receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised. And then he could go two receptions for six yards, and he's just basically a goose egg in your lineup. So not something I would love, but if you're super desperate, not the worst play in the world. Now, this Jaguars backfield, I'm, I'm pretty lost here. This was a really tough one. I went from wanting to sit both of these guys to wanting to start both of them to then eventually settling on ETN as a start and James Robinson as a sit. Travis Etienne, the usage was not great. The overall, you know, production he put up was not great. The the part that concerns me about Travis Etienne here is I was really in on him heading into the season. I still think he can be solid. Four carries. Four carries is not going to be getting it done. And it's not even like they were getting killed the entire game. Like 
This was a competitive game, and they were just not getting him the ball. Now, he was targeted four times, caught two of those. However, on the two he did not catch, one Lawrence just blew a wide-open touchdown. Dude was wide open, just had to put it on him, and Lawrence overthrew him like it wasn't even close. The other target he didn't convert on was he dropped one that was probably going to be a receiving touchdown. So, you know, shakes out a little bit different. Travis Etienne is sitting here with two receiving touchdowns, and we're looking at him in a totally different light. I just think when we're looking at this backfield, Etienne's the guy who's going to have the ceiling. So he's the guy I do want in my lineup, but I'm not feeling overly confident either way with these players. For James Robinson, he did have the better game fantasy-wise out of these two guys. And pretty impressive, honestly, coming off of that Achilles tear. We've seen a lot of players struggle with that. It's basically been unheard of to come back and produce at a high level. I mean, just look at Cam Akers. Like, obviously, he tore his a long, long time ago, way before James Robinson, and he has basically been buried on the uh, Rams depth chart over there. So I think it was impressive for James Robinson. My thing is that I do believe ETN is going to be the receiving back. And if James Robinson is relying on early down carries and touchdowns, I just don't think that's a great role to have in this Jaguars offense. So maybe if he consistently is producing, then he'll be bumped up to a start. But right now, he's going to be settling in as a sit. In these next few matchups, the running back positions just go crazy. So we've got a divisional matchup between the Buccaneers and the Saints. For the Bucs, you're clearly starting Leonard Fournette. And then on the other side with the Saints, you're starting Alvin Kamara. You know, don't need to reinvent the wheel on that one. And then same thing here, Panthers going up against the Giants. Christian McCaffrey, I guess with a down game for his standards, you know, still solid in your lineup. You're obviously starting him. And then Saquon Barkley. I mean, that was impressive to watch. That was pretty fun to watch, especially as someone who has a lot of Saquon Barkley and just an NFL fan. The dude was dominant. I really think he does have elite RB1 upside this season. And so you're clearly firing him up into your lineup. Then we move over to the Patriots taking on the Steelers. And really no surprise here, the Patriots backfield is gross once again. Tried to talk myself into Ramondre Stevenson this offseason. I mean, I did talk myself into it. Feeling a little foolish sitting on that now. Not saying he can't break out later on in the season, but I mean, this is this is gross. We've got Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ty Montgomery all involved and all sits. Uh, on Sunday, we saw Harris and Stevenson, you know, kind of sharing the carries and then obviously Ty Montgomery is the dude who has to come in and score a touchdown, you know, lead the team as a receiver for those running backs. So a situation right now, we just got to be fading all of those guys. The highest scoring player is probably just going to be the dude who gets into the end zone. And I'm not trying to take a one and three shot on that. For the Steelers, we're not really sure what's up with Najee Harris here. If Najee's playing in this game, you got to fire him up into your lineup. If Najee Harris is out, I do think Jalen Warren is going to be the number one. But at this point, I can't feel confident that they're just going to give Jalen Warren that Najee Harris workload, right? Like what makes Najee so great is they just basically force feed him the ball on the ground, in the air. He doesn't have a ton of efficiency and also doesn't really have a ton of touchdown upside. So if they're not just, you know, packing that exact same workload onto Jalen Warren, I'm not sure how great I would feel about starting him in my lineup. So probably a situation that's going to be developing and when we probably just wait on here. The next game is going to be between the Falcons and the Rams. For the Falcons, I mean, Cordero Patterson was someone that I think a lot of people were expecting regression from. It made sense. He had an outlier season, had never been used as a running back before. It made sense that he was going to come back to earth. Like the, like the process was right on expecting that. The Falcons just, you know, go right back to the well 
And instead of using him as like, you know, half running back, half wide receiver, a split backfield, they just straight up running back, workhorse workload. Cordero Patterson has to be locked into lineups at this point. And if you were getting them like round eight in that range, you're probably feeling pretty good about that pick. Probably, you know, a zero RB kind of hero here at this point in the season. Another zero RB hero on the Rams would be Daryl Henderson. It just straight up looks like he is the number one. We haven't seen anything or heard anything that would make me think Cam Akers is going to have a bigger role here in week two. I think Henderson's the guy. I think Akers is the backup. And you want to be starting the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Then we have the Seahawks taking on the 49ers. For the Seahawks, there is some uncertainty here with Kenneth Walker. Obviously, he didn't play on Monday night. Is he going to be ready for week two? I don't know. That injury just seems to be all over the place. What I'd say right now is that if Kenneth Walker is out, I think Rashad Penny is a solid start. If Kenneth Walker is in and 100%, it starts to get muddy, and I probably don't like either player. But, you know, like I've said about some of these other matchups, something we're just going to have to see how it plays out throughout the week. For the 49ers, we have heard that Elijah Mitchell, it seems like he's going to be missing around two months. Obviously, a big hit for Elijah Mitchell owners. You may think, you know, you just scoop up Jeff Wilson and you toss him straight into your lineup. I would not love that play, in my opinion. I just think we're looking at this 49ers backfield. They viewed Mitchell as the top running back. They like Elijah Mitchell. Then you've got this staple of like, you know, Jeff Wilson. You have uh, Ty Davis Price there. I think Debo is going to be used heavily as a running back. You've obviously got Trey Lance vulturing carries there. I just think this is a spot where Jeff Wilson is not going to be getting receiving work. He's going to be losing the high value opportunities on the goal line, red zone, to Debo and Trey Lance. And I feel like he's just going to end up being disappointing. Like he may give you volume in terms of number of carries. I just don't really see those turning into touchdown opportunities. And that is what Jeff Wilson is going to need to give you solid fantasy production. The next game, we have the Bengals taking on the Cowboys. For the Bengals, no brainer. You're starting their workhorse, Joe Burrow. For the Cowboys, this is not a good situation for either of these running backs. I was pretty out on Zeke this season. I don't think I have him on any of my redraft leagues. I was pretty in on Tony Pollard. The Dak news is just really brutal for both of these guys. We went into the season expecting this Cowboys offense to be pretty solid. Maybe they take a step back from last year, losing Cooper. Uh, I think they lost both of their tackles. But, you know, week one, we see them. They look brutal. They cannot move the ball on the uh, Bucks defense. The Bucks defense is solid, but as someone who watches a lot of their games, they're not this, like, daunting unit. I feel like a lot of people, even, like, commentators, they go out and they talk about, like, how insane this defense is. This is not some, you know, top three defense in the NFL. They're good. You know, I'm not trying to crap on them here. But I just think the idea that, like, they're insane and no one can, you know, do anything against them is a little bit overblown. My point there is that the Cowboys were struggling with Dak on the field. Now Dak is out. I do have Zeke listed as a start right now, but I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not super confident in this. It kind of just feels like if you drafted Zeke in like the third round, you probably don't have a better option. If you do have better options, I would be interested in those guys over Zeke. And then at this point, like Tony Pollard is just can't even be on the radar in my opinion. Uh, Zeke also just, you know, produced better on Sunday. I don't think that's something that's going to be locked in throughout the season, but you know, I don't think it was a game where Tony Pollard has earned this new workload. So Zeke's going to be a start. And if he won at that, and then Pollard is a sit, we've got the Texans taking on the Broncos for the Texans. The Damian Pierce truthers were probably struggling through that game. 
saw Rex Burkhead get the majority of the opportunities. I just can't trust either of these dudes. I'm going to be sitting both Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce for the Broncos. I think the Monday night game was as expected. Javante Williams is going to get, you know, the majority of the opportunities. It's going to be somewhat of a committee, but obviously Javante is going to be the 1A there. He's going to be a start. This really could be a game against the Texans where both of these guys feast. I would just prefer to start Javante and not try to get too cute throwing Melvin Gordon in as a start. Next matchup is the uh, Cardinals taking on the Raiders. For the Cardinals, you're starting James Conner. The usage was good. The production was not. They just got blown out by the Chiefs. But I liked his receiving role. You know, he's obviously going to be the guy getting all the carries on the ground. I think he's a really strong play. And then for the Raiders, I was actually, you know, pretty impressed with Josh Jacobs' workload. It's not like he really did anything with it. But, you know, all offseason, I feel like we were kind of hearing these rumblings about just this brutal full-on committee where we've got like two early down backs, two third down backs. Jacobs, you know, had a solid workload. That offense is going to be good, even though they struggled on Sunday. So I think Jacobs is a decent start in lineups. And then sitting Brandon Bolden, who seemed to be operating as like the receiving back. Now we have the Sunday night football game between the Bears and the Packers. For the Bears, David Montgomery here is a start. It's not a great one. It's kind of in that like Zeke range. I do think there's a possibility over the next few weeks, Khalil Herbert overtakes David Montgomery. We just saw Khalil Herbert be far more productive on the ground in week one. We also saw Herbert get basically all of the red zone opportunities. That's not good for David Montgomery. And you're looking at Montgomery like this is not going to be a good offense. He's going to be getting some receiving work, but it's probably going to be inefficient touches. If there are people in your league who are still viewing David Montgomery as like this workhorse running back, and he's going to be, you know, a mid-tier RB2, I'd be totally fine sending him off because I do think you could be caught with his value just tanking over the next few weeks. I mean, even if this turns into a 55-45, like that really ruins Montgomery's starting value because there's just very little upside in this Bears offense and this Bears rushing attack. For the Packers, I think you're starting both of these dudes. The wide receivers struggled, and the more the wide receivers struggle, the more they're going to be getting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the ball. I was wildly impressed with the role that A.J. Dillon had. I feel like if you drafted Aaron Jones, not that you're panicking, but if I drafted Aaron Jones, the way I would feel is like, why did I draft Aaron Jones in the second round when I could have drafted Dillon in like the fifth, sixth, seventh? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I do think I have some Aaron Jones shares, but A.J. Dillon owners got to be feeling great. I think both of these guys are going to be effective, both solid starts. Then we've actually got two Monday night games here. The first one is going to be the Titans taking on the Bills. For the Titans, you're obviously firing up Derrick Henry and then sitting Dontrell Hilliard. He did score two touchdowns. It looks like he's going to be the receiving back. Just not something you can count on on a consistent basis. On the other side with the Bills, just sitting everyone in this committee. Singletary, Moss, Cook, not interested until you know one of these guys can kind of break out and establish themselves as the top option. And then the final game of the week, the later Monday night game, Vikings taking on the Eagles for the Vikings, clearly starting Dalvin Cook, you know, no drama there. And then for the Eagles, I think Miles Sanders is a solid start, liked his usage and then sitting his backup, Kenneth Gainwell. I think Gainwell is a solid, you know, uh, handcuff play, but not someone you want to be throwing into your lineups here in week two. So those are my running back start sits. Like I said at the top, any questions, just drop them down below. I'll be putting out my wide receivers today also. So go check those out. Should be coming out like two hours after this one, so it may already be up by the time you're watching this. And then tomorrow, I'll be going through the quarterbacks and the tight end position 
Thank you guys for stopping by. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you all in the next one.